I get to uh, my real message, I just want to share something with you in Deuteronomy today. This is something I share a lot in this place from time to time. Um, you'll notice in there that it says that Moses uh, finished his ministry when he was 120 years old and that uh, his eyesight was still good and that his vigor was strong. And if memory serves me right, and I'll have to double check on this tonight, which I will later on, but I think he began his ministry when he was 80 years old. So I just want to, I've shared with you this a lot of times. If you're still breathing, God has something for you to do, all right? You may be, re you may be retired, um, and, uh, you know, I realize in those days people lived longer, but I'm just saying, he started when he was 80, and he went to 120, so be encouraged wherever you are in that age range. Um, God, uh, God has a purpose for you. And it really kind of ties in with uh, my final message today about stewardship. Uh, I'm sure some of you would be very happy to hear about that, um, which is about uh, financial giving. And I want to share with you a true story about a missionary who shared about his experiences about stewardship in South America. Uh, he proclaimed the importance uh, during his time there uh, to the people of South America about the importance of giving to the kingdom of God and having a share in the kingdom in terms of their gifts. The people were so poor where he did his ministry that uh, in order to give uh, their tithe to God, they would bring animals, uh, fruits or vegetables. They were basically farmers. And so that was what they gave in terms of their tithe. Um, one little girl was so touched by this missionary's message um, that she wanted to give something to Jesus. It was just she was so poor, she literally didn't have anything to give. Um, the following week, uh, she put a penny into the offering, one penny. And the, Mary, the missionary asked her, first of all, how did she get the penny? Because he knew how poor she was and, and asked her why she did that. Um, and, and she said, you know what? She was so touched by his message that she went to a wealthy landowner during the week following it and sold her services to help clean his house for a year for one penny. She desperately wanted to serve God. She desperately wanted to be a part of the giving uh, that everybody else was giving. And um, a year for a penny. What a heart. Um, what, a, what a testimony to you and me about serving God. So I'm just going to put that there because I'm coming back to that penny in just a moment. Um, let me ask you and me a question here today. Uh, do you have the heart of the penny girl? That's what I call her, the penny girl. Do you have that kind of heart that um, when you hear uh, the message and you see the faithfulness uh, to God of people around you and even uh, feel that tug in your own heart, are you willing to do whatever it takes to express some degree of faithfulness to God that is real and genuine and deep? There's a scripture in Luke 16 10 to 12 that reads as following, whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. 
If then you've not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you with the true riches? And if you've not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. And so Jesus, in this very brief teaching, outlines for you and me the reality of the heart of a human being. And our heart, as much as we try throughout our lives, and some of us try harder than others to serve two different gods, (laughs) hello, as much as we try to maintain a balance between serving the Lord, but also serving, at times, our sin and the other idols in our lives, Jesus makes a very simple point that I find profoundly true, not only in my own life, but in the lives of others. You can't serve two masters, especially when each of the masters is demanding your total and complete commitment to them. It's kind of hard to be totally committed to one person when you're not totally committed to one person. (laughs) Really simple thing to say. But how often do you and I live in that reality of actually trying to be split between two masters that really call for total devotion? Uh, Again, Jesus in the gospel said today, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. This is the great commandment. This is like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. I don't know about you, but when I hear Jesus talk about the love of God, that pretty much means all of us. And isn't that the journey? The journey throughout our lives is learning and gradually coming to the point where more and more of our heart is completely in love with God and given to God. That really is our journey in life. And Jesus says those who can be trusted with a little can be trusted with much, and those who can't be trusted with a little can't be trusted with much. Haven't you found that to be true? You know, have you, have you ever had the experience where, you, where you've given someone a responsibility and it's just been a little thing because you wanted to see whether they could do it or not? Or maybe you've given them a little bit of money to kind of see how they'll handle it. Do they spend some of it and save some of it, some of it or does it go on in a flash, right? And you just kind of see how they do with that. And you, you find that if somebody can be trusted with a little, if you give them a little bit more and a little bit more, they tend to develop a pattern of faithfulness as you help them with that. But if they tend not to be trustworthy with a little, they also tend to not be trustworthy with a lot. It just works out that way because it's not a matter of how much they have or how little they have. It's a matter of who they are. Again, you might have a spender and you might have a saver. It's just how it is. If I give the spender money, it's gone. If I give the saver money, they're going to spend some of it and then save some for later on. It's just, you know what, I'm not going to say anything about certain people, even within my own family, but I'll simply say this. It's as clear as day, and you're all smiling. You know what I'm talking about. Um, And it's just who we are, and that's part of being a human being. It's part of, the, part of the fun of it, isn't it? <laughs> you just kind of laugh sometimes. 
Jesus says also, if you haven't been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? So again, Jesus continues to teach about this reality that is simply this. Material wealth is really for the believer a testing ground. It's a testing ground about whether we really believe that everything that we have is a gift from God. And again, uh, the scripture is very clear in the Old Testament. It teaches the tithe, 10% of your income or 10% of what you can give. For the penny girl, it was everything. More than 10%, it was 100%. Penny was all she had, she gave it. But for the rest of us, the goal is the tithe, which is 10%. And you see, the, you know, the reality is in the church, I used to work with Food for the Poor. I go all around the country raising support for this ministry that helped the missionaries that work with the poor in the third world in countries just like where this poor girl came from. And we knew the stats on giving uh, for people in the church. And in general, out of a church of 100 people, guess how many people tithed? And this was across the board. Out of 100 people, usually it was two to five people were tithers. Two to five people. Two to five percent. And that was pretty consistent all the way across the board. And so think about that. In a church right now, if it was, I had 100 people in it, about two to five people would be tithers. And so again, this speaks of the reality about where the church is, even in terms of tithing, and in terms of their uh, demonstration to God in their financial giving about whether they really believe that God is the provider of all that they have. And so, you know, that's part of the test of the tithe. And again, I just want to say, we're grateful for whatever you give. We're grateful for your faithful financial giving to St. John's and the other ways in which you're a faithful steward of the Lord God. We're grateful for all of that. But I'm challenging you here in this moment uh, in the reality of what God's word says and what Jesus is saying to each one of us. And what, what the reality is is that financial wealth and material wealth is a test for us as believers. You know, so when the offering plate goes around or is stationary right now, because of the virus, you know, the test is, um, you know what, do you really believe that all that you have is a gift from God? Now, you can say that to me, and you can say that to yourself, oh, yes, Father Joe, I believe everything that God has given me is a gift from him. But if you were to look at your checkbook and what you're spending your money on, or your credit card statement, or how much are you giving to God, are you at 10%, what what are you really saying in that giving, see? And so what Jesus is saying in this is that, you know, worldly wealth is a test. You know, if you haven't been faithful with what is not your own uh, trustworthy, how can you be trustworthy with what will truly be your own? And what, what the Lord is saying is that, you know what, one day we're not going to be here anymore. All the things that you and I have saved the beautiful homes, the beautiful bank accounts. Thank God for those great blessings in our lives. I believe they're blessings from God. But as much as we have all those things and we'll pass them on in terms of to our family and maybe other charitable things as well, the reality is, is that one day 
we will not have those things anymore. Again, I've done a lot of funerals over my 36 years as a priest. In all of my funerals, I've never seen a U-Haul at the, at the committal service where they're taking it with them into, into glory. I've never seen a U-Haul, never seen a moving van, never seen a, a, a final bank statement they're going to they're take with them. Never seen that. You're right, and, and we laugh, don't we? Because we know that doesn't happen that way. So again, this is what Jesus is saying to you and me. The, what are the real riches? The real riches are spiritual. And that's what the Lord is talking about. Who will give you property of your own? The spiritual treasures of love and joy and peace. The spiritual treasures of relationship and mercy and forgiveness. The spiritual treasures of sharing the good news of the kingdom of God and bringing people into the kingdom. Those are treasures that will last for an eternity with you. The, the treasures of your own stewardship of heart, time, talent, and treasure. These are the real treasures that we can bring with us into the kingdom of God. And so that's what the Lord is talking about. Trust or dishonesty is determined by how you handle the little. Why? Because the little is worldly wealth. It's someone else's property. Ultimately, wealth is passed on. It always is. The spiritual blessings are the true riches. The property that you will have in eternity. So in closing, Jesus says in this story in Luke 16, you need to choose who you're going to serve. Like Bob Dunland's song, you got to serve somebody. And you and I need to make that choice in our life, and we need to make it consciously. And Jesus says to us, you cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot do it. It is humanly impossible. And if all of you up, you know, if some of you up to this point in your life have been trying to do both, let me save you some time on your journey right now. Let me give you a word of wisdom. You can't serve both. You can't do it. And the way that you and I begin to truly honor and serve God alone is by honoring him in our giving, in terms of the tithe and our heart and our time and our talent as well. So what does that look like for you? As you think about your own giving as a percentage of your income, where are you at? 2%, 5%, 8%, or maybe you don't even know. Maybe it's 10%. I don't, I'm not sure. But where are you at in your giving? And what I would first of all say is thank you for whatever you're giving, but I also would challenge you and me is how can you begin to move toward the 10%? How can you begin to move to that place where there's a gift to God where you're acknowledging to him that all that you have is from him. You know, you have to realize that in Judaism, which is where we get the tithe from, the rabbis teach that the 10% giving was simply a sign when you gave it that the other 90% actually belongs to God. Oh, hello. <laughs> you know, a lot of us think of our heads in our heads, well, I gave the 10% to God the other 90% is mine. No, it's not true. That's not what the tithe is. The tithe is a statement of faith where when you give that 10% to God, when you make that offering to God, you're basically saying to God, God, I acknowledge that everything that I have 
is a gift from you. What you're doing in that moment is you're acknowledging that 100% belongs to God. And that's the truth. Because it is God by his grace that gives each one of us even our next breath. A penny for a year. Wow. A penny for a year. So that she could put something in the plate to God as her offering to the Lord. 